Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's not surprising at all. Academia is broken in the United States. And we know this because we on the political right have ceded academia to the political left. We decided we shouldn't pay attention anymore. And we did this for years. And as more and more people told us, you're only a fully fledged human being. If you have a college degree, we allowed more credence to the idea that whatever the college was doing must be right because you had to have the degree in order to get out there, in order to have a career, in order to have a life. Guys, welcome to the show. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. But academia is broken. And as we have watched this terrorist attack from Hamas, a terrorist organization, the murder of 1,400 Israelis, the capture of American citizens and others, 199 hostages that we know about by Hamas, and we look at the response on college campuses everywhere, and then we look at the inability, the unwillingness to confront students by these university presidents and others, whether it's University of Pennsylvania or Harvard or the University of Indianapolis right here in my beloved uh, Indianapolis. The first statement from the Indiana University president, Pam Witten, and others. There was an inability to engage the concept of moral clarity. How in the world... Does that happen? William Jacobson joins us right now. Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. It was on your campus, sir, where there was someone saying how exhilarated they were by the Hamas terrorist attack. You have been a firsthand account of this. You have discussed things going on at Cornell. You have engaged in the legal battles regarding Oberlin College in, in, in Ohio uh, on free speech conversations and a series of other things. You have watched this play out. First, it's a two-parter. Forgive me for, for stacking a question on you. Number one, when did it start? And number two, when did you realize it was out of hand? Well, it's been going on for a long time. When it started is a little hard to pin down. I can certainly say that I have seen this coming, although I didn't realize it at the time, since the early 1980s when I was a law student at Harvard. And a lot of the people who were leading activists were students and they went on to academia. So it's been a long time coming. You know, there's that saying that collapse happens uh, gradually, then suddenly. We're in the last two to three years, really post-George Floyd in the suddenly phase of things. Things have been coming for a long time. The sort of antics that we're seeing from this professor at Cornell, he's been doing that for a number of years. That's really not out of keeping for him, although this, I think, was probably worse than usual. 
the you know hatred of the United States, the uh, view that we're an occupier of the U.S. and that Israel is the occupier. This has all been percolating for one to two to three decades, but I'd say it's really post-George Floyd when people became emboldened, when all of the crazy things they always wanted to do, um, they did, and they had compliant administrations and they had compliant corporations and compliant, for the most part, government. So Let me stop it, you for a moment and, and forgive the interruptions, but I really want to uh, drill down when you say some of these things. You, you just said they're doing the things they always want to do. In your view, what did they always want to do? They want to, in their words, deconstruct things. They want to deconstruct the country. They hate the United States. Deep down, they hate the United States. They hate capitalism. They think socialism slash Marxism slash communism is the answer. Uh, of course, it's that no one's actually ever done true socialism, but of course they have. I mean, we have a long history of, of that. And, and so uh, they, they don't like our capitalist system, although they benefit from it and they get healthy salaries from it. They don't like uh, our support for the West. They don't like Western civilization. They view Western civilization as somehow uniquely evil, and we are uniquely evil in the world. So we're evil because of slavery, and they disregard the fact that slavery at the time we had it was common around the world, including common around the world for non-European entities or non-European cultures. They view Israel as particularly evil because Israel is essentially an implant in their world. Uh, and so they, it's really the Iranian formulation of the U.S. as the great Satan and Israel as the little Satan. And that's that's their worldview. But we, we, we get it to... differently. They express it different ways and they don't necessarily express it the way I just said it. But that is what they're getting at. We, we talk about how this happened, and certainly as, as we have discussed uh, the idea of what's going on in, in public schools, parents now getting very, very invested in, in what's happening. And, of course, the political left has been outraged, and, you know, Moms for Liberty is a terrorist organization, and, and these people can't be trusted, and you have to treat them as domestic terrorists, which was the, the quasi-statement there from, from the DOJ. This was because they had given their kids to the schools, believing that the system worked, and then they learned after a great number of years, maybe this didn't work. Does college not work anymore? I don't think colleges work as institutions anymore. That's not to say every college. I don't think, I think higher ed has a serious problem. That's not to say a particular student at a particular college can't have a good experience. My guess is that a significant number of them, maybe even a majority do, but that doesn't really speak to what these entities are as institutions. I think if you're going to get a good education and you're going to emerge unscathed, it's despite university administrations, not because of them. And that's the way I would point it out. You know, we have a certain strength as a country, a certain strength of our people and a certain strength of our students that most of which can withstand what's happening in higher ed, but that doesn't mean higher ed isn't broken. It is broken. I don't disagree. Um, but the, 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 the place where we're discussing it now uh, has to deal with the conversation of anti-Semitism. 
Uh, I so so you're Jewish. I'm Jewish, and you have been uh, on on lists of of influential uh, Jews in, in in media and and in, and in academia. I uh, once actually read one of those lists. That's as close <laughs> as I've ever gotten to being on 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 one of those lists. Uh, the the number of people that I have spoken to since the attack on Israel and the murder of 1,400 by the terrorist group Hamas. Um, they, the Jews that I have spoken to are very shaken, beyond shaken. I've never seen this in, in, in my life. And many of them are surprised that the people that they collaborate with, coordinate with, the, the liberals and the leftists and the progressives that they've always been friends with and they fought for this and George Floyd was terrible and, and my gosh, look at the, the, the oppression over here and we need Black Lives Matter over there. All of a sudden, these people are not with them and they are shocked and they are stunned. And there was this, this video of this, of this girl, the student uh, at, at Cal Berkeley, saying to one of the deans we're doing everything we can and yet we're getting all this all this hate why why aren't you doing anything to help us and my immediate response was you didn't know that these liberals hated you as i now pose the question to you how much of an eye opener is this to jews across america maybe across the diaspora that their liberalism will not save them from the anti-Semitism that is really baked in to today's progressivism. Yeah, I think this is a uh, an eye-opener for a lot of left-leaning, liberal, progressive Jews who thought that the progressive movement was their friend. And as we've known through history, the Marxist movement is, is not the Jews' friend. Okay, it might, you know, use them as cover from time to time, but it's not our friend. And so they have really, I know a lot of people, and, and I've seen this and I've heard this, a lot of people are shocked that the anti-Semitism is coming for the left because they've been spoon-fed by the media and by their universities and by, you know, the newspapers that, you know, uh, anti-Semitism is a MAGA thing. Anti-Semitism is people running around in Chicago at night attacking Jesse Smollett with a red hat on. I mean, they've been fed a, a fantasy. Uh, that's not to say there isn't anti-Semitism on the right. Certainly there is. But the right doesn't control the institutions in, these, in our country. The left controls the institutions. And so the progressive um, anti-Semitism, the progressive embrace of people who want to destroy half the Jewish population in the world, meaning the Jewish population in Israel, who want to destroy that population in the historic homeland of the Jewish people, they are the real threat. That's not to say, again, that there aren't isolated incidents where there have been crimes and murders committed by people on the far right. But as an institutional matter, as a societal matter in the United States of America, the left is far more dangerous. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. This was the, the tweet that, that made me reach out. For the nine millionth time, uh, you write, sir, 
academia, particularly in the humanities and social sciences, is completely broken and has been taken over by radicals more extreme than you can imagine. It cannot be reformed internally. And this was in response to a tweet from Guy Benson, who has been doing a very good job of putting things out there. He's over there at Fox News and Town Hall regarding Northwestern University, in this case, their Asian alumni that is saying that that Israel is responsible for what has happened and Hamas, and you hear this in so many ways uh, from so many of these leftist groups, it is Hamas that is nothing more than a resistance fighting uh, the, the, the occupation. This is one heck of a statement from you, sir. It cannot be reformed internally. So how is it reformed? You know, and, and that's a statement I've made. Maybe it's not the nine millionth time, but maybe the eighth millionth time. I've been saying that for years. I've been saying it in writing. I probably said it on your show before that these departments, the Asian Studies Department, um, the English Department in a lot of places, the Political Science Department have been completely taken over by people who have a worldview that is hostile to Israel, that's frankly hostile to the United States. And that's what you get when you have a group of professors at Northwestern, apparently, in the Asian Studies Department, signing a letter basically saying, hey, Hamas is just doing what you would expect them to do. They're just a political movement. They're just a militant group. They are nothing, you know, uh, out of the ordinary. You're to blame. You, the victim, is to blame because you're Jewish in the historical Jewish homeland, which had a Jewish presence before there even was an Islam, before the region was taken over in Muslim conquest, that you are the problem. You, so this is victim shaming and victim blaming that doesn't really take place with anybody else except when progressive talks progressives talk about Jews. Now let's let's look at a couple other things uh, that that we've got here. So this was uh one of your pieces of course over at legalinsurrection.com. Almost this entire uh, Ali Baptist Hospital story is a massive lie started by Hamas amplified by the Western media. And then you have this from Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital where children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and, and the people telling the kids don't cry and like let them cry. And they're shaking and somebody you know this, they keep telling them not to cry in Arabic. They, do, they can cry, I can cry, we all can cry. If we're not crying, Something is Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wrong! But what she was doing was lying because Israel did not hit a hospital with a rocket. It was a misfire from Hamas. We even have audio recordings and we haven't even seen a destroyed hospital yet. We've seen a destroyed parking lot or or an attacked parking lot for sure. And soon after she gives that speech, then you see the uh, the occupation of the Cannon office building, right? The, the, the congressional office building. You see vandalism. You see arrest by the police when they attacked police. And then you hear the chanting of from the river to the sea Palestine will be free which is a call to genocide on the streets of of, of Washington Uh, these lies 
these anti-Israel, purposeful anti-Israel lies, uh, these anti-Israel sentiments, indeed get pushed from the highest levels, which would make uh, those people in academia feel very, very comfortable. Except we have seen now Harvard University, people have pulled funding and have quit the board. University of Pennsylvania, you have John Huntsman, the former ambassador to China, saying we're no longer going to fund. People have said we are done here. Job offers have been uh, taken back. Are you surprised that there has been such a forceful response to the clear lack of moral clarity and vision by these universities and others? Um, I'm not sure uh, that this pushback is going to sustain itself. I mean, I've seen a lot of movements over the years of alumni saying, I'm not going to donate anymore, et cetera, et cetera. And the universities kind of ride it out. So I don't know whether this will be sustained. Universities have extremely sophisticated development departments. They are used to handling controversies. They are used to massaging alumni to work them around. So the pitches you're probably hearing from university development departments right now to alumni who are complaining is, what can you do to help us be better? Here's a fund we're going to set up to help us be better. So they will turn this around into a fundraising pitch, as strange as that sounds. I've seen this. This is how good they are. Uh, And so they will be soliciting alumni to start funding things that will help turn the campus around. Um, They will, you know, do that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think outside pressure withholding funding probably helps. But let's face it. Uh, Harvard and UPenn have such huge endowments that if they never got another penny from alumni, they would be just fine. They are, uh, Harvard's I think is up in the $50 billion range. Might be slightly off on that, but I think that's the range it's in. So these are, these are corporations run by ideologues who are mostly immune to the normal economic cycle. William Jacobson, uh, Cornell Law Professor, I appreciate you very much. I'm Tony Katz, and I will clearly say, uh, sir, as uh, um, we're going to have to pick this conversation up again. I can't thank you enough.